welcome to the Down to Kiss podcast. This is D. This is T. And we are coming to you live from our first podcast. This is so exciting. This is very exciting stuff. <laughs> We've been talking about this for a while, so we're excited to actually, you know, execute. Very long time coming. I feel like it's been uh, at least a couple of months, maybe it feels like decades at this point. I'm very excited for this one. D, why don't you... Uh, let our listeners know what they will be listening to. Yeah, sure. So we are a married couple. Um, we're in our mid-20s, and we kind of just thought it'd be cool to start a podcast to talk about things that are sort of relevant to people our age, whether you're in a relationship or not, entering the workforce, post-grad, young professional um, type of group, which obviously we're in, and we feel like there's so much confusion for people our age as to kind of how to handle the transition sort of into adulthood, um, and there's so many changes, and adding in, you know, social media, um, and the internet, and all the things we're kind of facing that are new to our generation, we just thought it'd be cool if we kind of had a space to discuss different topics that are relevant to us, that hopefully are relevant to you, um, maybe bring in some cool guests, kind of see how it goes. Yeah, we've realized over, uh the last couple of years with discussions with each other, with friends, that everyone in their 20s is just a complete shit show. So we've <laughs> decided, yeah, you know what? Why not be a little bit honest with it? Why not talk about it from the heart? Hopefully you guys agree. I'm sure you will. And um, why not have a little bit of fun with it? So, yeah. I mean, we obviously don't have all the answers, but we just thought it'd be cool at least, you know, we kind of have a lot of shared feelings on certain topics um kind of discuss it zero of the answers (laughs) and kind of just see where it takes us hopefully we'll kind of learn some along the way too so that's kind of where we're at um and we're kind of just excited to get into it yeah so d before we start why don't we talk about the hope that you have for this podcast like where you see it going shoot is this an interview (laughs) it might be turn into one pretty quickly what is your hope for this interview? <laughs> I'm in for this podcast. Um, I'm hoping this kind of just turns into a cool space, you know, where we can discuss things. We have a lot of topics already that we want to discuss. Um, a lot of things that we have in our mind that maybe just don't come up to talk about in our everyday life. But um, to talk about it with you, hopefully bring other people onto the show, talk about it with them, get different perspective, get feedback, kind of have a space to talk things out. Cheaper than therapy. Yeah. Basically. I love it. (laughs) Should we get right into it? Yeah, let's do it. So um, we had a couple segments that we wanted to try out to start. So the first thing is, since obviously, you know, I'm sure you guys also love complaining. We definitely love complaining. (laughs) So we thought to kind of start it off that we would talk about a pet peeve of the day. Something that's just been getting under our skin, bothering us, something that I'm sure bothers other people too, maybe not, maybe we'll learn that we're just very sensitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just, you know, start off with a good old complaining right, stash. Right. What do you think about that? And I have one that actually happened to us today. This is my pet peeve of the day, and I feel like the listeners out there will be kind of 50-50 split. Some will be on my side, some will be on the other person's side. Fair enough. And for those of you that are on the other person's side, you can go ahead and fuck yourself, because <laughs> I'm right. Um, how often are you at the movies canoodling with your significant other, or canoodling <laughs> with your friend, or not canoodling at all, just enjoying a film, some art on the screen, enjoying your popcorn, enjoying a nice soda pop, and... You know, Pop, got a little Chicago a little, reference a little, in there. A little Chicago reference, that's true. Um, and you're enjoying whatever you're doing, and you notice something on the movie screen, and you're just like, wait, what just happened? So you go over to whoever's sitting next to you, you whisper something over to them, you look directly at the person to the right, and they literally give you the shush of their life. Like, they've had this shush inside of them, brewing since knob, since little, I don't know since when, but they've they've had it in them. So that is what happened today. My my wonderful wife D and I, we went to a movie. Um, for copyright reasons, we probably can't bring it in. <laughs> um, but we went to a movie. It was a really really good movie. And lo and behold, I had a question for my wife. Started talking to her for a second, low whisper. No one else was bothered. A woman right one directly to the right of us looked me straight in the eye. Literally brought her fingers up to her mouth. And shushed me. And I was just like, come on. 
We're all here for a good time. Also, we should clarify, this was at, um, if you've ever been to the IPIC movie theaters, which are these cool, like, upscale type of movie theaters where you're not actually sitting next, it's like you kind of have your own little pod. Yeah, you have have a good, I'd say like four or five feet. Yeah. Maybe even more. Like, you're not actually sitting next to people who you're not with at the movie. No, yeah. So, it's not like a regular movie theater where, like, you're literally sitting next to them, so that's Mm -hmm. why it's even more, I feel like. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I hate her. And to go on top of it, I saw her complain to someone afterwards, and she got a free drink out of it. Complain Why don't we bullshit. just we can just complain about it? Maybe we should start. People. I mean, I'm complaining right now. Yeah, but we're not getting anything free out of it. Maybe. <laughs> That's where the listeners come in. If anyone wants to send tea, free soda. I'll take a free soda. I'll take free whatever you want to do. A free pop. Sorry. I'll take a free soda pop. Yeah. Never ask off Midwest a free soda Midwest boy pop. at heart. Love the Midwest. Um... Yeah, so that's that's what grinds my ears. That's definitely a big pet peeve of mine. Just, you know, I'm, I'm all for being quiet and respectful at the movies, but if you just have, like, a quick one-liner or something like that that you have to whisper over to someone, don't shush them. Like, come on. Just be a little bit more uh, patient. Also, I feel like they play the movies so loud. I, what, I really was like, how is no one hearing this? I feel like maybe that was a thing. Like, maybe I was yelling. Because it was so loud? It was really loud. It was like, I also I have a lot of I have a lot of questions when we go to movies. That's also I have true. a lot of questions. That should be prefaced. I don't know if she was shushing me. She probably was shushing uh, D because D uh, likes to talk. During movies. <laughs> I, I I need to understand where the plot is going. Every single moment. Yeah, I just want to make sure everything makes sense. Yeah, and like she'll ask questions like someone will be eating breakfast during the movie and she'll be like, "Why are they eating an egg sandwich?" And I'm like, "No." Uh, yeah, kind of. But I am curious. I just, I have a lot of, I want to make sure I understand the full picture, you know? You definitely do want to understand the full picture. I, I can agree with that one. Okay, so that's your pet peeve. That is my day. pet peeve. Okay, I can talk a little bit about my pet peeve of the day. This was also a situation that came up today. Love it. Ooh, oh. No, it's not you. Okay, good. Relax. Go um, so what happened today, I'm sure this happened to you guys too. Do you guys ever have a friend or sort of someone in your life who you're Very laughing good. already? Yeah. Who sort of just inserts themselves or invites themselves um, over kind of at your expense to your place. Oh, whatever do you Or mean? expects you to sort of host them or take care of them. Because T has a friend who um, we've had over many times before. We've welcomed him into our homes many times. At this point. Yeah. Um, especially when we were married and he was single, now he's engaged, um, and his fiance happens to live in the same neighborhood as us. So he mentioned to us like a few weeks ago that he wanted to, um, come sleep by us for the weekend so that he could visit his fiance because her grandparents were in town. And he specified just coming to you to sleep, like, you know, I don't need any meals, like, I don't need to be entertained, like, you're good. Okay, fine. Today, he texts T and he goes, oh, by the way, um... Which meal do you prefer I come to you for, lunch or dinner? Like, oh, Friday night dinner or Saturday at lunch? And I was like, what? What do you mean? I thought he was just coming over to sleep. And he was like, yeah, I thought that too. So he texted him and he's like, oh, I thought you were just coming over to sleep. And he's like, oh, yeah, but I just figured, like, since I'm already coming, I'd come for a meal. Basically acknowledged that he invited himself over. Oh, yeah. And this is a pet peeve of mine because try to be generous people and try to be giving – um, but I feel like it can be really frustrating when you have friends often, and this is not only specifically to him, but this has come up in other situations in my life as well. Even not a friend, just any relationship in, you have in your life, whether that's a relationship with a significant other or a family member, a coworker, a friend, where you feel like often it's expected of you to give more to the relationship than the person really gives to you. And obviously it's not necessarily about giving money or presents or gifts or things like that, but meaning just like sort of the expectation is on one person to kind of take care of everything and take care of you and you're just kind of going to be there to tag along almost as if your presence is present enough. Um, That just frustrates me because I feel like it's not cool ever to kind of put it on someone else to take care of you, especially once you're an adult. And I don't know if it's partially like kind of our generation that a lot of people like our age kind of just expect to be taken care of, whether that's by friends or like coddled whether that's by your boss or by your parents or by your friends, you kind of just, like, give up any responsibility for yourself and you kind of want other people to take care of you. I don't know. What do you think about that, T? Um, yeah, that's interesting. I was thinking while you were talking about the uh, the friend situation, I was thinking, I guess, when is it... When do you go from 
extending an offer of being gracious to being taken advantage of and like how yeah. like I wonder what that moment is and what you can say because the issue with this is that these situations are a little bit delicate because I feel like they're not worthy of of a very intense response right just because it seemingly especially this one particular not this particular case I'm saying like one case of this meaning if someone were to be sleeping over or something like that like you wouldn't want to like blow up at them over this but no. at the same time what can so, you do in order to but it's important in relationships to mitigate issues before they become a real problem right like if you already kind of feel like oh it's happened a few times and like this isn't uh, this isn't probably the first time that this happened with this person but let's say if it was whatever maybe you would let it go but if you start to see a pattern it gets more difficult to break patterns the more you allow them to continue and the other person oftentimes doesn't even realize like you said that you're upset about something or you feel like you're being taken advantage of and then like yeah. if you do bring it up later they might be like wait what i thought you were totally cool with ha-. you know what i mean yeah. so sometimes i feel like it is important in relationships to like almost nip things in the bud and like when you kind of start to feel or build that like resentment over certain things like it's i feel like it's almost important to kind of like draw the line sometimes and like have boundaries yeah i always just feel as if with maybe it depends on the friend and the friendship, but I feel like with something like this, where it's a little bit more of a major situation, yeah, I feel like sometimes, especially since he's engaged and all that, this is more his spouse to kind of expose to him than like a friend who like honestly no I, can't put up with no him. no you're right like I don't think we need to ex- change his personality I I'm more meant about like setting boundaries for yourself in general like same way you'll say to me if you think like my sister's taking advantage of me or something like that like it is important when you set boundaries in a relationship from the beginning even if it's not a big deal right now it's important to kind of set boundaries of like hey like my expectation of you is if you want me to have you over for a meal and cook for you that you should be asking me about that in advance and not just kind of putting me in an awkward situation where you invite yourself over and now I kind of have no way out of it you know yeah. like it's just a more mature I, it's definitely the more mature way to handle it I just wonder how practical it is to have that type of conversation with someone who seemingly does not seem to be interested or does not want to hear what you have to say so I wouldn't necessarily say the best way to handle it is to have a conversation with them I would say more just make it clear like set boundaries in terms of making it clear like you could say something like let's say like putting this personal case aside but I think in this situation you could say something like oh hey sorry no I I really only thought you were sleeping over obviously like in the future we'll definitely like invite you over so we can have you for a meal but I don't know if that's gonna work you know what I'm saying like making it clear that like I will invite you when it's appropriate for you to do that as opposed to like you know what I mean yeah. Especially unless you have this type of relationship with the person where it's very quid pro quo, like it's kind of like, oh, like you come over whenever That's you want, I go to you whenever you want. I have friendships just... where it works like that, where, right. for example, I won't pay or they won't, meaning I don't pay every You'll time you go off. out. Yeah. It's more like, oh, you took this time, I took that time. Where I have other friends who will be like, we both went out. I paid for it, but Venmo me right away. And right. Like, oh shit. Well, this right. is very different. So that's why I mean, it's like it is very like dependent on the relationship. But yeah, I think you don't technically. You don't typically feel taken advantage of when, like, you feel like there's, like, a quid pro a give and a take in the relationship. I think you feel taken advantage of when it's, like, oh, is it just expected of me to, like, kind of whenever you need something for me to kind of just take care of it for you? But, like, other than that, you know. relationships, honestly, so, yeah. Well, I would hope not. Yeah. Either way, (laughs) that is our pet peeves of the day. You want to get into some tips? Let's do it. Okay, so here's how the next segment's going to work. It's called One Tip for a Guy, One Tip for a Girl. I feel like we can change that name up, <laughs> but that's what we have right now. One Tip for work a Guy. Work Yeah, definitely a whip. Um, the way it's going to work, though, make it a little bit more fun, is D is going to give the tip for the guy, and T, myself, will give the tip for the girl. And it could be a tip on anything. It could be relationships. I think it could be friendship. I mean, literally any type of relationship. It can literally just be hygiene related. It can be anything that we're thinking and hopefully we'll take you a lot of places. Hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get both and or we'll get everyone thinking and hopefully these uh, tips are actually practical. So let's do it. You start it off. I start us off. Uh, my tip for the girl. This one's going to be <laughs> a little relationship based. Okay. Let's see how to say this uh, carefully. Tread lately. Okay. No, my tip, my tip for the girl, and I think this is probably gonna be one of the most important things I've I've ever said, 
and I think I should be getting praise after this. Okay. Every single guy I'm shocked. A man wanting praise after doing something? Shocking. My, my tip is actually that girls should praise guys. Okay. No, it's not. My, my tip is actually that girls, this is going to be pretty crazy, but um, they should lower their expectations mm. with their male partners. So what women don't realize and what males normally conversate about behind females' backs mm. is how we're pretty much, not pretty much, we, we as a male race are idiots and we are not as smart as people would like us to be or think that we are. So normally, women will put an emphasis on us. So you're saying women are smarter than men? Oh, a thousand percent. Okay. I don't think any man would argue that. Okay. Was, I try to find me a man that will argue that a man is smarter than a woman. That's an idiot. My point is, men are, normally, I should say, aren't trying to do stupid things on purpose. We're just stupid. And I think if females would lower their expectations towards understanding that we are very, very stupid, I think that would go a very, very long way in diminishing a lot of fights over the fact that, wait, but I thought X, Y, and Z, when in reality, men don't normally think. So we, so uh, that would be my tip for the day. Don't you think it's better for men to try to meet a higher standard? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. I just want the reality to set in that <laughs> men are very, very stupid. You just rather men stay as is and the women lower their... I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I don't think men should stay as is. I think there's somewhere to be in the middle. <clears throat> my tip for a male, however, this isn't my tip. You know, that's not the segment. But my yeah. tip for men would definitely be to do better if that's the situation, you know, if the situation is asking for, uh, for a male to do better. But at the same time, my tip for a woman would be... <laughs> Double-edged sword. Lower those expectations. Well, they can meet in the middle. It doesn't matter. I hear that. What's your it's tip? a good tip. I, I think that's actually probably one of the best tips you'll ever have on this podcast. And it's the first one. That's why yeah, it's so, so crazy. Yeah, so I know. Early. Yeah. Okay. So my tip, this is something I've noticed with you and your friends. Oh, boy. Um, I think men tend to say that they're bad at communication or they're not good at expressing their feelings. Definitely true. He's nodding his head. He can't see, but. I'm sorry? I said you're nodding your oh, head. They can't yeah. see. Yeah. Um. And the thing that I've noticed is that men are not necessarily bad at communication. Just for some reason, they have a hard time saying it to the right person. Mm. Like, you have friends who will call you up all the time that have complaints or issues with their significant other. And they'll kind of ask you what to do or they'll express how they're feeling to you. Very true. And I've noticed that a lot. And I think it's very detrimental. I mean, obviously, it's always... If you feel like it's useful for you, um, it's never a bad thing necessarily to kind of go to your friends for advice or someone who you trust or you value their opinion. But I feel like most of your guy friends, instead of going to the woman who they're with or who they're having an issue with, they'll just go to you and they'll vent to you and they'll complain to you and they'll be like, I don't know what to do and she's doing this and that. And I feel like in their mind that they kind of like got out that sort of need to communicate the issue, but it's almost with the wrong person. Like, I don't see the point in calling you, who's just a third party. You're their friend, so you're obviously on their side. Like, it almost seems like they're more looking for confirmation, and they're scared to actually confront the person. Um, no, I think you're right for a couple of different reasons. Um, what would those be? <laughs> what do you like to know? Um, <laughs> no, I, I do think you're right. I mean, I think it's for, like I was saying, it could be because it is very difficult for for anyone to hear that they're wrong or to hear mm -hmm. that they're making a mistake or even to be completely honest with someone if they know that it's going to start a fight. For sure. I think human nature, and I, I'm sure this goes both ways, I just know more with men just because... Yeah, men often, are way more nervous about starting a fight than women. Yeah, and also even on top of that, it's more just... Men and women think very, very differently. Like, they're yeah. two different worlds. I think that's just... Something anyone in a relationship will uh, acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes men really don't fully understand what they're doing or that they're doing something wrong because they think like, well, I just like X, Y, and Z. Therefore, I don't understand why me liking this thing. Let's just take sports, for example. Mm -hmm. um, a pretty common case, I think, that comes up all the time is when someone newly, you know, they get into a new relationship um, a lot of my friends love sports and a lot of their either girlfriends or wives or significant others um, do not enjoy sports and that can lead to many, many fights because as my wife Dee knows, there will be times when I will literally watch any sporting event 
before anything else. And it's not because, you know, oh, it's just a sporting event, because if my bears are on, like, that takes precedence to pretty much anything else that's going on in my life at that particular moment. And, you know, I mean, unfortunately, that's the reality of life is sports are kind of ongoing and they're always changing and they're just very interesting. To some. To some, (laughs) like I was saying before. And I think, like, I mean, when we first got married, it, it took me a very long adjustment. It took me a long time, especially because the Cubs were really good. Um, <laughs> the Bears were trash, but I mean, they were good last year. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, it took me a really long time. Our dog just sighed on the couch, and that was absolutely adorable. Um, so it just took us a very, very long time to kind of meet a happy medium where D was understanding that I – love sports and I almost have an impulsive need to watch sports and for me to understand that Dee does not love sports and not only does she not love sports she doesn't love the fact that I will put sports before other activities or things Mm -hmm. and there were some days that were ruined because I would just need to be watching tv um since then we haven't changed anything and we probably (laughs) still fight about it but the good news is we have an understanding of that um and the reality is is that there's a lot of my friends who will call me up um, and they'll complain about this, you know, I just want to watch the Raiders game, I just want to watch the Jets game, I just want to watch whichever game, Yankees game, you know, it's playoffs, why doesn't she understand? And the truth is, I mean, unfortunately, their significant other is never going to understand if they don't talk to them, but at the same time, it's a little bit easier, like Dee was saying, to reason with the idea that, well, I'm not doing anything wrong, because technically they aren't doing anything wrong, but what I've learned in my very long relationship with Dee is that just because something is not wrong doesn't mean that it's right. <laughs> I came up with that this past second, and that was fucking brilliant. <laughs> that was genius. But I do mean that. Just because something is not wrong doesn't mean that's necessarily right, because just because I love sports and nothing wrong with that doesn't mean that sports can take precedence over going to a family party right, or something think, like that. Yeah, I think what you're touching on, which I think is important when you say it's not wrong but it's not right, I think what you mean is that being in a relationship is not like school or not like a game where there's points for doing things right or wrong. It's like life is obviously gray. It's not as black and white. So even if you're not doing anything wrong, meaning you're not cheating on them or harming them in any way, at the same time, you're showing the person that the relationship comes second. You know, that's basically what it is, right? That's what I think you were touching on. And I think this kind of goes back to what my first what my tip of the day was for girls. I think women will think sometimes that it's like that classic. It's really one of my favorite memes. I feel like I talk about it all the time. It's that meme where, you know, the wife is looking kind of pissed and she's in bed and she's looking all upset. She's like, oh, I bet he's thinking of other girls. And then there's another bubble or whatever. The next, like, you know, the next cartoon over is the guy. And he's, like, thinking about how, like, cows can produce milk and meat. And it's just, like, mind boggles, guys, because we're <laughs> dumb as fuck. I think it kind of goes back to that. Like, I think oftentimes when it comes to communication or when it comes to anything, like, women do assume that men perceive things the same way that they do, and we really don't. Like, you can say, like, oh, this is really insulting. A woman can say this is really insulting. And to a man, it'll be like, but I don't see the issue. It's not because it's, like, I don't care about your feelings. I definitely. I mean, maybe sometimes it is. I, I don't want to say overall. But I do think often, like, men are pretty habitual and we're pretty, um, you know, we like routines. I think everyone does. But, yeah. you know, like, sometimes when we kind of have to get out of that, I think it just kind of confuses us and we're like, wait, but what do you mean? I mean, before we were dating or married or any of that, like, I wouldn't have to go to one of your friend's birthday parties. So now I, I mean, right. I understand the significance of going to a friend's birthday party. But, you know before it was my decision if I went to a friend's birthday party or not, and now it's kind of more of a compromise. So it's funny you say that, because I feel like you're definitely a lot. (laughs) Um, I usually, I feel, care a lot less if you come to my friend's things or care if you come to my friend's events than you typically care. I don't think that's true. I respectfully disagree. <laughs> I think often you want me... Recent, in recent times, you've gotten a lot more laid back about it. Yeah, I think when we first got married, I was a lot more... You just had a vision of in your head of, oh, couples go to everything together, and that's just what it is. 
But it's difficult when you have separate lives. Is, yeah, I still think that is how it should be. But I guess maybe I'm a more uh, old-fashioned. Yeah, traditional old-fashioned. I think in an ideal world, but I think sometimes it just it detracts from both of your enjoyment. So, yeah. Oh, that I definitely agree with. Like, if it's really somewhere where I wouldn't know anyone and I wouldn't have a good time, and therefore I would be kind of stuck, like, just sitting with you, and you kind of know people, and you, you know have people you want to talk to and catch up with and it's almost I feel like it becomes more of a burden for me to be there and you have to kind of entertain me than for you to be able to just enjoy your night and me enjoy my night separately yeah I agree with that you know yeah that I agree with so I don't know yeah I guess that's another topic we have to delve into a different time how to take your significant other to a wedding (laughs) yeah And not want to kill each other by the end of it. No, that's just impossible. (laughs) Um, Do you want to introduce what our topic for today's podcast is? Sure. So our topic for today's podcast will be anxiety in the workplace. I hope we uh, kind of touch on everything as you pull a lot of neat strings off. You have another one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, just go back and reset. So anxiety in the workplace, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that we touch upon a lot of different um, parts of this. I mean, there's there's just so much going on, especially once you leave college going into work. I mean, I, I mean, I we can edit this out if you want, but I still remember the first time you stepped into your new in, uh, job. When My you, first job. Your first job, I should say. And you gave me a call relatively quickly into it. Um, and you were like, well, I don't want to be here. And yeah. at first I was like, eh, you just don't want to be there. You're kind of used to college. And then I think after a long roller coaster. <laughs> after there, about two years. After about realized. two years of uh, abusive behavior, we kind of realized, <laughs> oh, that's kind of fucked up. But I mean, anxiety in the workplace. That's takes... actually a good tip, though. Sorry, just to interrupt. Please do. I think it is really important. And this is something not emphasized. Um, I think from external sources, I feel like the generation above us was kind of the like, stick it out and like be have thick skin type of mentality of like, oh, it's work. And like, you just have to get through it. And like, kind of like, just has to be horrible. And like, that's that nothing you can do about it. I think now we're so much more socially aware about mental health issues and about mental hygiene and, you know, being in an environment that's conducive to your entire life and I think it's really important when you have a gut feeling about certain environments or about certain jobs or situations don't let other people's a opinions sway you but b also your fear of how other people are going to think of you um kind of sway your decisions like I know for example um at the place that I worked there was when I was about six months into the job I found out just coincidentally at like a happy hour that there was um, someone who had started the job. This was in the summer. Um, So let's say it was around August time. There was someone who had started in June and they had already left the firm. So in probably just a couple of months. Um, And I remember people were so shocked. Obviously, it's pretty shocking, you know, when you start a job, especially when it's your first job and you start and you so quickly leave. Um, But I feel like when I think about it now, I actually kind of have respect for that person, even though I don't necessarily know them personally, because it is really important if you know what you want and what you don't want. Obviously, this is like putting aside if you have financial pressures and you don't have the choice, you know, whether or not to stay in a job. Um, But if you have the ability to leave a job, I think for me, a reason I didn't leave a lot, sorry, that I stayed a lot longer than I should have was because I was nervous about people's perception. Um if I left and I felt like I had to hit a certain milestone in my career or hit a certain amount of time being there for people to be okay with the idea that I left. But I feel like it's so much more important to make sure that you're putting yourself first and making sure that you're taking care of yourself first. Um, And if you have a really bad gut feeling, if you're in an abusive work environment or if you're in an environment that's really unconducive to allowing you to flourish in the rest of your life, it's just kind of like a disclaimer. Um, I think it's really important to re-examine and do whatever you can to try to get out of that situation because these things really do have a long-term effect on your mental health and it takes a toll even if you don't realize it. Even once you get out, it is going to take you time to recover. It's going to take you time to recover your confidence and it might affect future decisions that you make in terms of your career or how you handle situations. So I just think that's a really important thing to throw out there since you were kind of bringing that up. Yeah, for sure. I mean... 
It yeah, it depends what type of job you have, and I think it depends on you know your personality. There's yeah. obviously a lot of people that we know who are workaholics, and I think they're okay with that. There's a lot of people who uh, who would like to work more. There's a lot of people who would like to work less. Obviously, everyone wants to make more money. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even in my short time at my first job. Um, I made an internal transfer, and after making the internal transfer, I was really excited, you know, about the role. It was something I thought I wanted to do, um, and what actually excited me most about it was getting to work with one particular individual who I had, I interned with her. Um, I looked up to her. She was probably about ten years ahead of me in her career, maybe a little bit less, maybe like seven or eight. Um, she was just someone who's really brilliant. She's really smart. Um, really motivated and just everything that I wanted to do was was basically you know she she was everything that I had wanted or I thought that I had wanted to do or she was where I thought I had I would want to be um so fast forward or I guess rewind now but you know we I I switch I internally transfer and I get there it's the first week that I transfer, I'm all excited. Okay, what are we doing? What are we doing? She's like, you know what? Let's go out for lunch. I'm like, okay, let's do it. We go out for lunch. I still vividly remember this. We grab some sushi. Um, we're middle eating. We're just talking. We're having a good time. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she starts breaking down crying. And I'm like, uh, first of all, like, I, I, Dean knows this about me. I am exceedingly awkward when it comes to someone crying. I just, I get very <laughs> As most people are. Yeah, I think most people do. I get very uncomfortable when people start crying, but that was kind of doubled over that first of all, or triple, I don't even know, it was a hundred times more awkward just because first of all, we're in the middle of a, a sushi restaurant, so it was just uncomfortable, it was kind of in public. Also, this woman's like eight years my senior, I'm like, what the flying fuck? Like, what am I supposed to do? So she calms down a little bit, we're talking, and I'm like, is everything okay? Do you want to go back? Like, do you need to go home? Is like, is everything okay in the family? And she just, like, tells me, like, yeah, she can't do it anymore. And I'm like, what? Like, where was this? Like, two weeks ago, I was talking to you. It was, like, totally normal. We had a good conversation. We were talking on the phone for, like, an hour and a half. This didn't come up. And she just goes, yeah, like, I got to let you know, T. Like, I'm quitting. And I was just like, wait, what? What do you mean you're quitting? I was like, ah, right, so clearly you're going to go to another one of these, uh, so the competitor or something like that. And she's like, no, I don't have another job lined up. And I was like, wait, what do you mean you don't have another job? Like, that's that's so crazy. And she was just like, yeah, but I just, I can't do it. Like, I'm so anxious. I, I come home every night. I'm depressed. I, you know, I'm a wreck. I don't hang out with friends anymore. I don't do it. And like, we talked about it for a really long time. Um, and honestly, after the fact, I kind of salute her. Not kind of. I do salute her for making her decision. Um, but even like during the fact, I mean, this was, this was probably close to a year ago, uh, maybe a little less, but at that time I was like, Ooh, she's kind of weak. Like what the heck? Like what, what does that mean that she's quitting her yeah. job? Like you just stick it out. Like it's a job. Yeah. I mean, I've grown a little bit more in a very short time and I've seen that there's no right way to do your career, to work in your career. I know I feel like this is like one of those motivational like Instagram posts where it's like, Oh, you don't have to be anywhere by age. Truth is that shit's true. I mean, like anything, I mean anything anxiety related, but all of this stuff is basically just about overcoming your initial, you know, those those thoughts that are in your head of oh you can do better or this is why you're nothing. This is whatever they are. Um, you know, work work doesn't define you. It shouldn't define you. I mean, it can if that's what's the most important thing in your life, obviously, but. Um, there's, there's a lot more, uh, important things than just work and also people in general, you know, I mean, I feel like we've heard this so much in our very short careers so far, but most of these companies, if not a hundred percent of these companies would, would probably, or they do, um, they replace you as soon as you leave. So there's no reason that you can't leave and feel good about yourself. Yeah. Like there's no reason, like there's more to life. And I don't think anyone who's on their deathbed will ever say like, well, I wish I put in like 15 more hours a week at my job yeah, or I wish, 100%. you know, I mean, maybe like here and there, you know, but like end of the day. I think what you're saying is people who have their priorities straight realize that work is not yeah. the only thing that defines you. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you need a healthy balance. Like, I don't think there's any issue with working hard and working late, especially, you know, in the beginning of your career, like, I definitely think that there's something to be said, and 
you know, if you want a long, successful career, like I definitely think that sometimes you have to put up with a lot more at the beginning than maybe towards the middle or towards the end. I don't know exactly, but at the same time, like no one should be felt, no one should feel as if they are nothing or if, you know, no one should be demeaned at or uh, no one's feelings should be diminished or, you know. So I think, yeah, I think what you're touching on, which is really important, is that it's very important, I guess, to strike a balance since I know um, people kind of in the generation above us will also often make comments about millennials. Oh, they're so lazy. They don't want to work. They don't want to try. And I think it's difficult because oftentimes then you'll feel like if you're being pushed to your breaking point, you'll feel that maybe I'm just not trying hard enough. Maybe I'm just being lazy. Maybe I just need to put in more work. So I think it's really important to kind of find the balance in yourself um, between working hard and working past your breaking point or working past the point that it's no longer beneficial to you in the long run. As much as you might be getting paid for certain jobs, um, it is really important to factor in that, like T said, there is really more to life than work. And so if your work is kind of bleeding into your everyday life, like for example, I know for me, um, this job that we were talking about that caused me a lot of anxiety, I would have so much anxiety as soon as I came into work. I'd be anxious during work if anyone reached out to me because I was overwhelmed with the amount of work and not only the amount of work, but the quality standards. Things were expected to be turned around in an extremely tight time frame and also to be done perfectly, which is almost impossible, especially when you're in your first year or two of a job. Um, and I would have anxiety about leaving work because a lot of people there were workaholics, would be there till 2, 3 a.m. every single night working seven days a week so on the weekends too there was a lot of pressure and whenever I would have any social event be it during the week at night or on the weekends I would always feel like I had to say no off the bat because I didn't know what my work schedule was going to be and I know for me it came to a breaking point when I had one of my best friend from childhood bachelorette parties um, and it was on a weekend on a Friday and my manager I had a 9 30 p.m flight so I thought there's no way I can't make this I mean typical workday should end at 6 or 7 p.m. But even so, you know, um, I can always work the next day or whatever it is. My manager basically told me something had to be done that night. Um, and I realized it would be impossible. I was already landing at 1 a.m. at my destination, so I realized I would have to stay up the entire night to finish it. So T realized I was really stressed out, so he came to pick me up from work in a cab. True. And I was just crying, stressing out, freaking out. And I was saying, I think I just have to miss The Bachelorette. There's no way I can go and be able to finish my work. Or if I go tomorrow, I'm going to have to... Or if I go, we were supposed to like rent a boat for the day and go out. I was like, there's no way I'm going to have to miss that. Maybe Saturday night I could join, but like possibly not. Um, and he told me, that's crazy. This is one of your childhood best friends. You spent hundreds of dollars on this ticket to go. That's crazy that you have to miss it. For what? For work you work your butt off at all times like that's ridiculous they can you know let you be for 12 hours without the world falling apart I'm not a doctor you know I'm not a surgeon I'm not saving lives um but I think at least you know where we we live in a very very major city I would say so. um probably the I mean you can guess but probably one of the most major cities in the U.S. Yeah, and like the finance capital of the U.S., if not the world. So it's a very intense work environment and very intense work culture. And so the expectations can get crazy and it gets really in your head and it gets difficult. Like what we were talking about before to kind of set boundaries for yourself between what's appropriate for work and for life. And I think it's really important to kind of re-examine what your goals are in your career and what you're looking for. And that really will help you make a determination of whether the anxiety that work is causing you almost is worth it, if that makes sense. Meaning that's what I ultimately determined was I have things in my life that are more important to me than work, which is my friends, my family, my interests, my mental health, my physical health, um, things like that. Like, for example, even when I was at this job, um, from all the stridding, sitting, sorry, and from all the stress, I ended up developing a herniated disc in my back, which I still suffer tremendously from and was probably one of the if not the most painful experience I've ever had in my life um and even that even the night that it happened the next day I was like oh I can go to work the next day I'll like sleep it off and I'll go to work the next day and I woke up the next day and I literally couldn't walk like I couldn't get out of bed mm -hmm. without help that's yeah. how much pain I was in um, but it's so crazy how I think, at least for some people our age, at least in the environments that we work in, um, it's almost like your first thought is, what am I going to do about work? 
which is crazy because your physical health and your well-being is so much important than any job that you're going to do. Um, so I think it's really important to kind of set that boundary for yourself and not let yourself get kind of sucked in as hard as it is to constantly allowing yourself to be anxious and to be stressed and to be overwhelmed because work should only carry so much weight and so much significance in your life. Would you agree, T? I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think there's two things that I want to kind of jump on. Yeah. With what you said. One is, um, yeah, the childhood friendship thing. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I feel like there is, I don't know, maybe this is our generation, but I feel like people, like, jump to say, like, things are unfair. Like, oh, my situation sucks. I mean, I definitely am just as guilty as anyone yeah. else. That was kind of the thing. Like, that's that's why I feel like your situation was a little bit more over um that not over uh, a little more extreme yeah or intense than most situations because like i don't know like we have a president's weekend plan i guess like with quotations around plan like oh we can go skiing with friends but like i might have work or something like that is it worth it like that's not something that's like oh shit like i should quit my i mean maybe it is for some people if that but that's to me like not something that like brings me anxiety just because it's like, okay, like realistically, like work is work. Work does suck. And like, end of the day, if I want to get paid, this is what I have to do. Right. You have obligations for sure. And when it comes down to it, like, if you're, if you're a direct supervisors, don't even, can't even understand, like, this is my childhood best friend. Like, there's only a couple of childhood best friends or best friends in general. I don't know about everyone else, but I feel like I only have, like, I can probably count my best friends on definitely both my fingers. I feel like even mm-hmm. on both my hands, maybe even on one hand. People who I would really consider, like, oh, it doesn't matter what's going on. I'm going to miss whatever's going on to go to this friend's event. Yeah. Um, and I feel like when, when work starts to say, like, but I don't give a fuck because we have deadlines and you have to oversee those deadlines. And they can't even understand, even though there were plenty of people who could have taken over, especially in your position. There were mm-hmm. plenty of people who could have taken over. That's kind of when it goes from <laughs> even even understanding, like, oh, I'm anxious because of work, which I think is very normal. So maybe this is abusive. And I, I feel as if there, there's You can give no, you another example. Of, yeah. I have so many examples of things that happen to coworkers or friends. <coughs> For example, I had um, a coworker at work who her boyfriend's mom had gotten very sick and she was in the hospital. No, I didn't even know about this one. Yeah. And she lived in, um, I believe, Pennsylvania, I want to say. And so the girl wanted to go visit, she was in like a pretty serious relationship and she wanted to go visit um, the mom in the hospital, obviously, you know, out of respect to her boyfriend and the boyfriend's mother. And she felt so nervous to tell work that she had to be, it was going to be during the night regardless. Um, And it was on a weekend, I believe it was like on a Friday night that she was going, but she was so nervous to tell them because they expected everyone to be available all on the weekends as well, that she actually took her laptop on the bus to Pennsylvania and she got Wi-Fi and she worked the entire bus ride there and she worked while she was there. And I remember she messaged me because she was so nervous. She couldn't even face it to tell them because she knew how they would react. And the issue is like in a lot of these intense places, a lot of the higher up people are willing to kind of give up their entire life um, for the jobs. And like they give up spending time with their family and things like that. And the expectation is that you should do the same. And it's almost like you feel like you have to justify if you have a family event or you have something going on, you need to make an excuse, which I feel like is just not how work is supposed to be work is supposed to be obviously a big part of your life it's where you spend a lot of your time but i don't think it's supposed to be something that just encompasses every aspect of your life that is the top of your list before everything else even on the weekends even at nights there is a reason why we're given these rest periods a lot of it is for mental and physical health there's a reason why the weekends exist if we worked for seven days a week a lot of us would go crazy we wouldn't be able to be good at our jobs we wouldn't be and i've actually um I should find this article, but in certain places in Europe, they're actually starting to implement four-day work weeks where mm-hmm. you work for four days. And they actually tried it in a few places in the U.S. too, oh, yeah. where you work for four days and you're on the weekend, so to speak, for three days. And they found employees were a lot more productive, a lot more hap- a lot happier, um, and just better, more enjoyable employees to have because the human brain and body just needs breaks in order to function. And the issue is a lot of these places will under hire or they'll take on more work than they really can handle at capacity in order to make more money and the employees end up suffering for it and the quality ends up going down things take longer everyone's overworked and then people are unhappy they're often leaving and since so there's so much turnover you know at the company there ends up being a lot of time energy and resources wasted on training new employees and hiring new employees and just going through this process over and over and it's kind of just 
like a never-ending loop, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I guess maybe let's try to like end this segment with, do you have any sort of practical, applicable tips for people who are suffering from anxiety at work? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of them. I would say, like, this is something I did want to touch on a little bit more. Maybe it'll be a different podcast. But one of them is, I mean, just be careful what you consume on social media. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I'm pretty, I'm a frequent LinkedIn user. Yeah. I feel like I'm on LinkedIn all day, and I feel like that kind of adds to my anxiety because I'm looking and I'm seeing what everyone else is doing, what their positions are, what they're up to, what firm they're at, how many people does their firm have what is their firm specialize in? Oh, my sure. God, there's another video. And I feel like that's to a pretty large detriment um, to my mental health just because I'm constantly viewing and constantly looking and constantly comparing. And it's it's just terrible. So I would say, I mean, obviously, you know, use it. Use it at your own, uh, at your own discretion. discretion. Yeah, be cautious when perusing. That would be number one. Number two, and I feel like this might be a little bit more difficult to apply, but I don't, just don't take shit so seriously, you know? Like, at the end of the day, there's only a couple of things in your life that really make a difference. So, I mean, if work is that for you, then, you know, I'll, you know, do it, go for it. But I feel as if there's so much more in our lives that are so important, and I feel when I'm not at work that I have so much more clarity on what those important things are. And honestly, work for me, at least right now, maybe in the future it'll change, but at least for right now, it's, it's really just a vehicle for me to obtain more money. Um, and in order to live a certain type of lifestyle, to provide for my family. Um, and that's that's basically about it. I mean, I obviously love the challenge and I love being stimulated, but at the end of the day, like that's all it is for me. Like It's not as important. It's it, I don't even think it wraps up in my top five of the most important things that I that I would have going on in my life. So I mean, you know, see a therapist if it's if it's necessary, but end of the day, I think just knowing that like your self-worth isn't made isn't made up of what your supervisor thinks of you because your supervisor is probably a piece of shit who's getting yelled at by their boss, who's getting yelled at by their boss. I think that kind of um makes you feel a little bit better. Also just a quick little uh, story from me when I was when I quit my job there's basically one uh, senior manager who I worked under who everyone hated, like really passionately. Dee can definitely um, can definitely talk about that, um, as she has definitely had people that she does not like who she has worked under. And, <laughs> Say the least. Yes, um, but it was interesting because when I was quitting, I, I took this. I asked this uh, super, this senior manager if I can talk to her for you know, a little bit, um, and just, like, kind of let her know my thoughts, let her know what, like, let me know what her thoughts are, um, get some closure, and she ended up going into a pretty long, like, a lengthy conversation about how she, about how she manages, the reasons that she manages, the way she manages, and I kind of had a, she opened up to me, and I had more of an understanding of why she's, I'm just going to say, well, she was a colossal bitch, but, like, (laughs) I kind of had an understanding, I mean, she had a tremendous amount of pressure from, uh, partners, and other people. I mean, she really didn't have anything else going on in her life. It was basically just work. So she felt as if she didn't have control in any other part of her life. So she had control at work, and therefore she was going to try to lead in that type of way. It obviously didn't work for a lot of people. A lot of people have quit since then or moved teams. Um, And I think sometimes understanding that just because you get yelled at at work by someone, that doesn't mean that you're not worthy of whatever you believe you're not worthy of. Because... That person could just be having a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, a bad year. It could just be a bad person. So I just think that's that's really important. What about you, Dee? So I think my tip kind of touches on what you were saying, but um, more from the perspective of just it's really important not to put so much pressure on yourself and have such high expectations of yourself. Because like T was saying, when you start to kind of take to heart everything that everyone says about you, um, you might be kind of taking on other people's issues or problems um, or misinterpretations. And honestly, something that I've realized or I'm trying to realize that's definitely hard for me is it's okay not to be amazing at your job. Because just because you're not good at the job you're doing now doesn't mean you're not good at anything. And it might even be kind of encouraging you 
to like for you you know to realize hey maybe this isn't my calling if something's a real struggle for you and it's really hard for you to be successful in your job you might be better suited at a different job I've definitely found that the job I was doing I constantly felt like I was a failure and I constantly felt like I wasn't good enough and I wasn't successful enough and it you know it hindered my confidence in terms of how I looked at myself how I thought of myself like my intelligence, my self-worth, my ability to produce, you know, um, and that was very detrimental for me, and I started to realize, you know, maybe I can just, instead of trying to fight, you know, oh, my supervisor is unfair on me and stuff like that, and that definitely is true and that can be the case, I kind of was just like, okay, maybe I'm just not good at this job, maybe I should just, you know, I tried, I really tried for a couple of years, and it's clearly not going well, so maybe I should just try it something else, because just because I'm not good at this, I'm so early in my career and so young to convince myself that this is it, and I have to force, you know, um, a circle peg into a square hole, like, why not just try something else, that's what I've been trying to do, I've been trying out different things, and I found things that I'm actually really good at, and really passionate about, and it's almost like, um, being in a good relationship, once you're in a good relationship, it's hard to go back to being in kind of like a shitty relationship where the person doesn't treat you well and you, you kind of start to expect certain standards. Um, so I feel like it's kind of important because you can see, oh, wow, like I actually can be really good at something. I could thrive in it. I could be productive in it. I could do well. I could help people. So sometimes like I think it's important to kind of lower your expectations of yourself and realize it's okay if you fail at something because you might be really successful at something else and this might kind of push you to help you find out what that is, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so that's kind of going to wrap up our talk for today. Hopefully we're going to do sort of a part two in terms of just talking about general anxiety and kind of how we handle that, other situations where that comes yeah. up. Okay. Um, but we kind of just wanted to end off with more of a little short, fun segment, which is kind of hot take of the week. Um, so we're going to talk about kind of any controversial call that we have, usually kind of timely, sensitive, or relevant to what's going on. Um, so you want to tell I, them I what our hot have, take is? Yeah, we have no, kind no, of a shared hot take this week. This one's all on you. Um, our hot take is, and this happens to be, it's sort of the holiday time right now. Um, do you want to just let them know? Sure. <laughs> Christmas doesn't seem like it's all that good. <laughs> we kind of feel like maybe the holidays are a little bit overrated. Um, it might be partially because of, you know, the hallmark of it all. The way I was going to say, I feel like that's it, and, Yeah. I think that's what Where it it's is. just built up in every commercial you see for two months before. Everyone's having the perfect Christmas, the perfect this. Everything's so amazing and incredible. Does everyone, like, find us? like a significant other on Christmas? Is that like a thing? <laughs> it feels like it. It feels like there's so much pressure surrounding just sort of like a couple of days, you know? Yeah. Like I feel like everyone finds their boyfriend or girlfriend on Christmas. Well, it is cuffing season, you know? Oh, is that what it is? It's cuff. You know what cuffing just, season yeah, is? Yeah, people just become more desperate and they're just like, oh, Well, I, winter is cuffing that's season. That's what I'm saying. You want someone to cut Yeah, exactly. It's cold outside. That's what I'm saying. Game Could be. Pounds. Anyways, that's our hot take of the week. Let us know what you think of it. Um, um, agree, disagree? We're really excited to start bringing you guys some more content, and mm -hmm. we really enjoyed this episode, so let us know what you think. Yeah. If you have any topics you want to cover, um, we're actually going to be, hopefully, soon introducing a Q&A aspect, so um, more details on that to follow. Mm -hmm. um, but we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we're looking forward to seeing you next week for our next episode. Mm -hmm. Have a great night, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.